0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Would you like to know how many boxes I've unpacked this week?
1: Yes, I would like to know. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> well, I am coming up on Sunday to work. I will help you unpack a box. Okay. Or I will at least
0: while you unpack the box. Okay. I'll encourage you. Company while unpacking is also welcome. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we
1: talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war. Of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
0: In today's episode, we're going to discuss strategies for dealing with our lean budget on season two of Fantasy Island.
1: Then, in HIHWFH, Happier in Hollywood, Work from Home, we'll share our favorite technique for staying sane and helping everyone
0: else stay sane during all day Zoom sessions. And finally, this week's Hollywood Hack will help you meet your next important deadline. But first, we have an update. Yes, recently in episode 253,
1: we talked about a bunch of travel hacks, uh, which were suggested by one of our listeners who used to be a flight attendant. And we had a very strong response.
0: Yes, on our Facebook group, there was a post about it with lots of comments. I think, Liz, some people thought when we said travel hacks that we meant like short-term travel hacks, but... All of our hacks were for longer term travel because obviously that's what we do these days. Yes,
1: that's what's in our mind with travel is when you're going somewhere and staying there so because the tra- the because the hacks were things like use Instacart, get yourself a coffee maker, buy hangers, whatever it is and people are saying, why would you do this if you were staying somewhere for a short time? It seems like a huge waste. And I agree with that. We are talking about the kind of travel where you're going and you're staying. And it turned out a lot of our listeners also do that kind of travel. So there was a lot of commenting back and forth from people who do that kind of travel. Some people were saying that when they order things for their room, what they do is then donate those items to a thrift store when they leave. I also find that if you leave it and just say for housekeeping it's likely somebody will want those items.
0: Yes. And like the last time, uh, season one, when we were in Puerto Rico, I bought a mini fridge and gave it to our PA. Adam Belanoff bought a scooter to get around at the hotel and he gave it to our other PA. So there's a lot of just, you get things and then you, you leave them there with people who want them. Yes. So anyway, it was an
1: interesting discussion. I love the passion that travel hacks bring out in people, Um, we all have strong opinions. So that was a lot of fun. So go listen to episode 253 if you don't know what we're talking about.
0: Yes. And if you want more travel hacks, there actually were more in that um, Facebook comment thread. Yes. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From
1: the Treadmill Desk of in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And I would say this week, but it's really this month, this year. (laughs) What's most pressing for us is how we deal with our lean budget. So on the podcast, we've mentioned many times that Fantasy Island is on a lean budget. We do not have what we're used to in terms of the money to make the show. And... uh, many people have been asking us, what does that mean? How do you do it? I mean, Sarah, we had a a big executive call us and ask how we do it.
0: Yes. She was like, tell me how you make this miracle happen. So we thought it might be fun to share here some of the specifics about how we make A show that looks like it's not lean budget on a lean budget. Yes. So if you're not interested
1: in the details, uh, this is not the segment for you. But if you are, you're going to love it. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, it starts at the beginning, Sarah, which is that the show was straight to series. So normally when you make a show... First, you do a pilot. Pilots tend to be very expensive, you know, eight million, 6 eight, ten million $8, $10 million, depending on what kind of pilot it is. And that obviously is a lot of money to spend if the show doesn't end up going. So part of this, knowing you're going to have a lean budget, is saying, okay, we're going to pick up the show straight to series, and you don't have to spend a whole lot on the pilot. You can spend the usual amount. Instead, you can spend the amount basically that you're going to spend on every episode. So it's really an episode one instead of a pilot.
0: Yes. And then the other huge, I would say this is the biggest factor, is where we shoot. Puerto Rico has tax incentives for shows and movies that shoot there you consider the strength of the dollar. We have a friend who was shooting in Australia where the dollar is very strong. You have to take into consideration the amount of crew in your location. There are some places where there just aren't a lot of people who are experienced crew members. In Puerto Rico, there are a lot of people who really know what they're doing. Yeah, so I think that's true in Australia and
1: other places as well. And the... yeah. The key is that shooting in L.A. is probably the most expensive place to shoot. So if you're on a lean budget, it's very unlikely that you will be able to shoot in L.A. What's nice about our show is that the tax incentives coincided with the fact that we needed a beautiful tropical location. And I mean, Puerto Rico is a perfect place to shoot the show. So we are sacrificing nothing. In fact, we (laughs) would have chosen Puerto Rico Anyway, if we had all the money in the
0: world, we would have wanted to shoot there. Yes. So that was a really lucky break for the show. Absolutely. And then another way to make a great show on a lean budget is to keep above the line costs lower than usual. Above the line is basically writers and producers. So on our show, for example, we have no expensive pod, which is what? Producers on a deal? Is that what pod means, Liz? (laughs) Yeah, we keep hearing about networks making all of these non-writing producer deals. They're just sort of pouring money into non-writing producers. Of course, we think it's a better idea to make writer deals if they want to start making shows on lean budgets. Yes, we do. That is our opinion.
1: (laughs) Also, we have a small staff usually to do 13 episodes, we would have, what, nine of us at least, I'd say. Yeah, probably. And including the two of us on the show, we only have six total. Technically, you and I count as one, so that's really five. And so we have a small staff, which means we also use freelancers. Now, we are lucky in that we have a wide network of people we know, and and Gemstone has helped us find freelancers, and we've had various methods that have worked out really well that's been good for us freelancers are great because they come in and they're fresh and they're not tired. The downside is often they don't really know the show as well as someone on staff. So that's going to have pluses and minuses. It works for us because our show is largely an anthology. It would be very hard to do in a straight serialized show, I think.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then something else we do is we think about producibility from the first moment of the process, like we think about the budget from the first kernel of an idea and and we think about what can we do? How much will this cost? Is there any crazy location here? We're constantly thinking from that first moment all the way through a break. And then even once we have a script, we're very open to making changes that will help the production.
1: Yes. I feel like we've become like writer instead of writer producers, writer line producers in training. I know. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that that comes with that, Sarah. So one is writing short scripts. In the past, you and I would write scripts that were usually around 54 to 57 pages mm-hmm. production drafts are 45 or
0: 46. Yes. And that alone, I mean, makes a huge difference. People aren't prepping for scenes that we're not going to shoot. We're not shooting scenes that aren't going to make it to the screen. Like we do a lot of our editing at the script phase instead of later. Yes.
1: Now that also means we have nothing to spare. Everything has to be good. <laughs> Puts the pressure on. Right. Right. <laughs> Sarah, another thing we do is write to locations. So we write to locations that we know we have. and um, we have a couple of standing sets where we try to put things. but then also we think about what's close to us. We have constant conversations with Mark Grossan, our line producer, about well, what's close to this, what's close to that? And we will make a story
0: toward those locations. Yes. And then the craziest thing we do. Is double ups. Oh, my goodness. Which means <laughs> we shoot two episodes at the same time. And a lot of times when we mention this, people think we mean block shooting, which is when you shoot scenes from two episodes over the same time period, but you're not literally shooting two episodes with two crews. At the exact same time. And it basically means our actors are doing two episodes of TV at the same time. So when they're not doing a scene in episode, say, six, they're on another set doing a scene from episode seven. So it's a tremendous amount of work for them. It's a tremendous amount of work for us because we have to have our scripts done much earlier than if we weren't doing double ups and it's very very complicated on the production end to schedule and obviously adds a tremendous amount of work for like our production designer hair and makeup set deck it's just like costumes it's a lot. everybody
1: now i will say the again there's always you know advantage disadvantage the advantage is it we end sooner so it takes us a lot less time to shoot 13 episodes so for instance actors who are away from their families you know, will get back to their families weeks earlier than they would have otherwise. However, they will be extremely tired. And, you know, that's difficult because, of course, Sarah, we want every episode to be great. So we don't want the viewer to watch a double-up episode and think, well, it's not quite as good as usual, but hey, I know from Happier in Hollywood, they were doing a double-up. We want it to feel like it's every (laughs) bit as good as every other episode.
0: Yes, exactly. And then, Liz, something else we do is we never have a known song. That's right. And that is a bummer because so
1: often there's a song that you want. You go, oh, this song would be so great for this scene. I'll never forget watching one of the season finales of Alias, and they used a Bob Dylan song, and I was like, Shelter from the Storm. I was like, oh, my God. I can't even imagine how much that (laughs) costs. We will never have a Bob Dylan song or a song from anyone known um, because we simply can't afford it. But we are extremely lucky. Melanie Mitchell, who we've had on the podcast Episode 246, we had Melanie on. She is a master at finding songs that you think you've heard before because they're great songs, but actually are from very indie people who are just coming up. So I think we manage that well, but it is one of those things where every so often we kind of clutch our chest and say, oh, I wish we could have this big song.
0: (laughs) But the big thing, the main thing, I think for everyone involved in doing a lean budget show is staying flexible.
1: Yes, and Sarah, this um, reminds me of an episode 241. We talked about the nimble life, which is how flexible we have to be. And the truth is, like, you have to be flexible being a TV writer, producer, or any job in Hollywood, really. But in this case, we have to be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. I mean, just yesterday, for example... You know, one thing that about our show being a lean budget is it means we really need to make our days. And making the days means the director gets everything shot in the correct amount of time each day so that we don't go into overtime and so we don't have scenes that aren't finished at the end of the shoot. And so, in order to do that, sometimes we have to make changes to the script to accommodate, like, oh, we need fewer setups, we need less lighting. Uh, whatever, we maybe cut some lines, whatever it may be. And that is something that we have to be prepared to do like 24-7. We have to be ready to spring to action, which is one reason it is very helpful for us to have a writer, whether it's us or someone else in Puerto Rico, because they can really be on the scene making those changes.
0: Yes. Last night we got, uh, a text from Adam, who is the writer on set right now, with several pictures of script pages with sort of handwritten notes. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And we've kind of flipped through. We're like, oh, yep, that works. Go right ahead. (laughs) And Sarah, there
1: are so many other little things, you know, trying not to have too many costume changes, trying to have, you know, things set outdoors where we don't need a lot of lighting. I mean, the list goes on and on, but those are some big elements that help us stay on our lean budget. Yes. Coming up, when working from home, it's important to have set break times. All right. That's what's up next. But first,
0: this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for H-I-H-W-F-H, Happier in Hollywood, Work from Home, where we talk about working from home. And today's topic is having set break times. This is so important when you're going to spend the day on Zoom.
1: Yes, and boundaries are already a little blurry with work from home. You never know if you're at work or at home. So it's useful (laughs) and necessary to build in designated breaks.
0: Yes. So on Fantasy Island, for example, we usually take a break every hour, which tends to be kind of a, we'll take a coffee break, and then we'll take a lunch break, and then we'll have an afternoon break. Like, we try to make sure that people don't get absolutely comatose. In the Zoom room.
1: Yes. And it is helpful if everyone takes a break at the same time because you don't want anyone sitting there really needing to go to the bathroom, for instance, and having to wait. If you have to go, you have to go. But if you take a break, say, every hour for five minutes, usually we'll either do a five or a 10, depending on what time it is. It's nice because Zoom It's so hard to be together as a group and focused anyway that it's good to have everyone on the same schedule for breaks. I will say, Sarah, you and I, I feel like we need to even be more exact about our break times. In fact, we should tell Mark, the writer's assistant, or Lauren, our assistant, like, hey, let's announce when it's time for a break. Because we usually notice, but sometimes we get caught up and we don't notice.
0: Right. There have been times definitely where we're like deep in a conversation and we'll miss that switch from ten fifty-nine to eleven and suddenly it's like eleven twenty two. I think that happened today actually. And I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. Because a break. what also
1: happens is that sometimes the room starts and you and I come in late because we've had a meeting or a call. And so they've been going. For a full hour, and we've only been going for half an hour, and that's why it's important to be mindful of other people's sort of time, energy, and focus, and make sure they get the break they need.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. All right, we'll have that conversation with Mark and Lauren.
1: Yes, and I mean... Sarah, we have talked about Zoom fatigue and how we are so much more tired after a day of Zooming than we are after, you know, a day in person at the office. But I think having the set breaks, one, you know, it's coming so you don't get that sort of anxious, trapped animal feel. And then also you just get that rest for your eyes because, you know, focusing in on the screen without a break is
0: extremely fatiguing to your eyes. Yes. My eyes get so exhausted on Zoom, especially because if you have progressive glasses, you're like looking up and down through a specific spot in your glasses. It's just super annoying. And then it's just nice to walk around and stretch a little. Like people need to have movement in their day. And when you're stuck to a screen, it's very hard to get that. Unless, of course, you have a treadmill desk, which we do, but not everyone does.
1: And this is interesting, Sarah. My sister and I, you know, we're doing rests 22 and 22, rest 22 minutes every day in 2022. And one of our listeners mentioned that she's doing two minute rests 11 times a day. So this oh. would be something, you know, a, a good thing to incorporate into your five or 10 minute break, that two of it is an actual like lay down
0: on the couch and
1: have a rest.
0: That's a great idea. Because, of course, I'm just like, there is no way in hell I'm getting 22 minutes of rest. But could you get two minutes of rest during a coffee break? Yeah, I like it. Just a
1: thought. I'll try it. Coming up, this week's Hollywood Hack will help you get away and get work done. But first this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood Hack. Got a writing assignment, stay at a hotel. And this came from Fantasy Island writer Lisa Quintella.
0: Who we should say has two small children at home. Yes. (laughs) But we actually know lots of writers who do this. It's really popular technique. It's not a cheap technique, although it really depends on the kind of hotel you want to stay at.
1: Yes, and it's not just for writing. For instance, you know, I love my housewives. On The Real Housewives of Orange County, um, one of the husbands went and stayed at a hotel when he had to study for the bar exam. Very smart. Because, you know, t- for intense studying, it's very hard to do that with small children around. So there are times when you just need to focus. For a lot of people, staying at a
0: hotel helps. Right. Anytime there's a big writing deadline, if we had to write a pilot, for example, and we had to do it quickly, going to say the Ohio Valley Inn would be a lovely thing to do. We've done this, actually, when we needed to break something.
1: Yes, we did it. We more for brainstorming. We have gone on little partner retreats. I will say Sarah, for me, <laughs> I don't want to go to a hotel to get writing done. I like going if it's you and me and we're like working on something together. But if it's just me by myself, like if I go to a hotel, I want to relax. I find it depressing to check in and start working, which is funny because I didn't find working at the resort last season depressing and you did. So it's all about the context.
0: Yes. And often when writers do this, they go to like we know someone who would get a hotel room with a beach view just to kind of make it feel a little special. But of course, that's an investment. Yes. Like, that's a lot. But I know a lot of riders who look for deals
1: because they really don't care where mm. they're going and they go midweek, which is much cheaper. And they just sort of cruise around different sites and find where is like a place in Palm Springs that's having a great deal right now. Um, so I think you can find a lot of bargains if you have flexibility, which you likely do. Now, if you're somebody who wants to stay at shutters in Santa Monica, that is going to cost you. And we
0: do know people yes. who have done
1: that as well.
0: Yes, we do. Of course, I think this is a wonderful idea. And I would love to do this. But as an only parent, it's like, it's just not a the kind of thing that I really get an opportunity to do. And <laughs> the one time I tried, Liz, mm. My parents actually came to town so that I could go away and write for the weekend at the Ojai Valley Inn. And I got there like after work. I ate dinner in the room. I was working away. I went to bed. I got up in the morning. I went to breakfast. And then my dad called and said Violet (laughs) was projectile vomiting. And I just went back to the hotel, packed up, and went home. So (laughs) she was very little. She was like, you know, two or something. So it was like I couldn't just leave her there puking. So I, I did not succeed at doing this. But it sounds wonderful.
1: Yes, it really does. For the right person, this is a great thing to do. For others, not so much, but you know, that's why it's a wonderful world, Sarah, because we can all do what works for
0: us. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at St. Cola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at St. Cola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts Happier
1: with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole 30s Melissa Urban, and
0: Everything Happens with Kate Bowler get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft And I'm Sarah Fane. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it.
1: Sarah, if you could go away, where would you go? Because now you live in Ojai, which is where you used to go. Would you go to L.A. now?
0: No. You know, I was thinking maybe Carpinteria Ah.
1: because it's so
0: cute and little and walkable and there's the ocean and you could sit. I think maybe Carpinteria would be my next. Okay. My next spot. Someday. (laughs) That will happen. It's a fantasy. (laughs)